This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. The season is over, but we've got to keep ourselves entertained. So we are going to bring to you our top fives over the next few weeks. We've got goalkeepers, fullbacks, centre-backs, wingers, midfielders, strikers, managers, and magic moments coming up for you over the next few weeks. Matt is with me as always. And Matt, it's been two weeks now since... uh, We've had any Bristol City action. How are you coping? Do you know, it feels so much longer than two weeks, doesn't it? And and there's still been plenty of football on the TV. Um, but even though, um, you know, I, I am a, a fan of the Premier League and I've watched that, watched the, the championship playoff game yesterday with Luton and Coventry and congratulations to Luton and uh, best wishes to Tom Lockyer. I know he's not Bristol City's uh, fans' favourite player, but no one wants to see that and their their captain player of the year to miss out on such an occasion. So great to see that he's back. But yeah, it just feels like it was months ago and I just cannot wait for for pre-season. Maybe with signings coming in, that will uh, will sort of uh, get the enthusiasm going. But yeah, uh, it feels... Yeah, I'm lost without it, I've got to be honest. Yeah, we're actually almost coming up to three weeks on Monday. But yeah, um, yeah I've, I've really, really struggled that first week. It was like... You know, some, what am I going to do today, for goodness yeah. sake? Yeah, exactly. Um, but we'll do our check-in anyway. So yep. uh, with all of that in mind, how are you out of 10? <laughs> um, I had a really nice day yesterday with um, with my nephews and, and my, bro- well, my twin brother playing golf at the Kendallshire. Um, but then, like I said, I, I feel it afterwards. So I'm probably a seven this morning. Um, going out for lunch to friends of the show, the Falcon Steakhouse. Nice, So nice. looking forward to that. Yeah, me and Jill. So yeah, I'm probably a seven, mate. How about yourself? Okay. Yeah, actually, I'm doing really well this weekend. Um, I'm an eight out of ten. Uh, had a good day yesterday, and uh, another another good day in store today. And obviously, we got tomorrow as well. Third third bank holiday third Monday bank in the space holiday, of yeah. four weeks. Uh, so yeah, feeling feeling good. Last weekend, I give a quick shout out. We went to play crazy golf at Caddy Gilmore's in Frenchay, which. Living in BS16 myself, I had absolutely no idea that it was there at Bristol Golf Where, Centre. Ah, is it the Hamburg Golf Centre, is it? Yeah, so, yeah. and they've clearly spent some money on it because it is proper crazy golf, you know. Um, you have to get along there and and check it out. So that was that was good. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm knocking on eight today. And we've got a guest with us today. It's uh, Andy Bang Bang Podcast Hall. Andy, how are you, sir? Good morning, Patch. Good morning, Matt. I'm, I'm morning, not too bad. Not too bad. I'm um, a bit knackered, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give us your uh, give that, us your score out of ten, all things considered. Out of ten, probably uh, seven. I've just done two very long days for my sort of uni placement, but I'm um, I've got quite a few of my friends at Everton fans. Right. So we're all going to the pub. We're all going to the pub this afternoon. So <laughs> have nice. a nice relaxing afternoon there. Watching you, that you watching the season. It? Probably a fish bond summer, I think. Right, yeah. Yeah. Just so we can stumble home afterwards, it's not too far. But um, nice. a nice, yeah, nice relaxing afternoon in heads for those guys. So yeah, brilliant. Well, at some point during that day, I hope you get to sort of do the old two finger salute right in his face, <laughs> as as Everton are in a position of going down, and uh, quite selfishly, you know, we we want Everton to go down so that we can get get to go to Liverpool for the weekend, Matt. Don't nice. We? Yeah. <laughs> we we do. Do you know what? I was in Liverpool last Wednesday. Um for my my boss's leaving do and i drove past the new stadium all oh, right um there's there's no way that's ready for the start of the season all uh, right um so yeah if maybe end of season then yeah yeah potentially <laughs> yeah um it's a weird one isn't it because um i don't really want leicester to go down but i think they will um and what a fall from grace that is was it seven years ago they were champions mm. um I don't like Leeds, and so don't mind Leeds going down. But like you, I would quite like to get to Goodison. So, yeah, yeah I probably do want Everton to go down, and that's completely selfish. Is there any Bristol City uh, news that we can... Obviously, we had our final bonus show of the season and did yep. a bit of a wrap-up and a bit of our thoughts. But, um, yeah, since then... The only thing to really talk about I can think of is Alex Scott being in the under-20 World Cup. I've watched yep. the highlights of 
the first two games, and he seems to be deployed Andy in a more defensive midfield sort of holding role at the moment, bursting forward now and again. But um, maybe that's just because of his experience at, uh, you know, in, in football league um, at, at that level. And they're just asking him to do a job. Yeah, I watched a game against Uruguay and they were sort of playing like a 4 2 3 1. He was playing as part of the two, so playing a lot deeper. Um, and it was a proper, it was a proper niggly oh, well, like, was. physical yeah. game, wasn't it? Yeah. But he did, especially in the second half when we were under the cosh a lot more, he looked, yeah, he looked the business. In the first half, I was like, I don't actually remember him touching the ball that much. But in the second half, he was drawing the fouls, he was getting stuck in, he got booked as well for a pretty cynical foul. Yeah. Um, was winding the crowd up a bit as well. So it was like a proper uh and it like a, a grown-up performance. I think the uh the guy from Chelsea who signed for Chelsea signed him from Villa didn't they, last year, who played alongside him in the in the Europe. That Chumba... Chukwa... yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he played, didn't he, for Chelsea the yeah. other night. Yeah. I think he's going out right. after today to right. join up with the with the under twenty squad. Um I think Doyle is as well, isn't he, from Cov. Yeah. Um, although yeah. he did did go off. I think probably with cramp yesterday, but yeah. But that shows, doesn't it? Like we always, you know, we I think we'd all like him to play in that number ten role. But that is the versatility of him that he can yeah. do both, and he's still only you know a kid. So I get a bit frustrated sometimes because somebody compared him the other day to um who was it? Uh, somebody on Twitter compared to Morgan yes. Gibbs White. Gibbs White, yeah, yeah, quite in that. But Morgan Gibbs White couldn't play in that role. I don't think that Scott does. So no, they're, they're they're different players, aren't they? I mean, I think we've said it so many times. Anybody that potentially signs him for 25 million in the summer are buying the potential. They're not buying a 25 million pound player now because he knows himself. Nigel Pearson has said it, he needs to score more, needs to assist more. But, you know, he, he's a quality, quality player. And um, I'm still hopeful that he'll go to a top six because I think working with the best managers. And actually, that's a bit disrespectful because I think he could go to Brighton and work with mm. um, the, the guy there, Thomas Franks at Brentford. You know, there are quality coaches there, but I, I do want to see him in the Premier League. Um, yeah. Anything else, Matt, other than Alex Scott? That well, the, the, the talk of Joe Bryan obviously still still rumbling okay. on. That, that looks like it's very much a done deal from all rumours. Um, and I guess they announced, didn't they, that um, Awara Edwards and Dylan Cadgies both had their contracts extended um, in January, I think. Yeah. Um, so they're they're here for another year or contracted for another year, I should say. Um, and also it probably announced the um, well, it was announced one of the retained lists. Um, yeah, take, no massive, they, massive surprises. No surprises. There. Taylor um, Moore, I guess, was one that was expected. Just just a bit of a shame, really. So I, I really like Taylor. I mean, such a lovely yeah. lad as well. I mean, but we were talking just, about having him as captain. We did, well, he was our captain when he what two seasons ago. We were like, yeah, yeah. he's gonna. It just didn't work out for him. So, yeah, no surprise. Disappointing to see Jay go, but again, no surprise. Will be interesting to see if Coventry is his next destination following on from sort of their um, their unfortunate sort of failure yesterday. Um, but no, other than that, is it, it? it's probably, I think it's kind of Wednesday, isn't it? end of the month, start of June, when the contracts can start to be announced and stuff. So yeah. you'd expect probably Joe Bryan and, and the, the lad from Aberdeen, McCrory, it must be working on a hell of a video. Um, they've had plenty of time to to get that video done, the vlog of him dancing yeah. on the ceiling or something with the suspension bridge in the background. Yeah. Um, with uh, gonna, bring him gonna... home from what is it Hamilton? Oh, yeah. Or from, oh, Les Miz. Yeah. Now, you did the uh, the Wilson thing. Now that's patch. That's got to be the reveal, and it bring him home has yeah. to be. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Dave Barton and team, if you're listening, bring your own lame ears. Yeah, come on. Um, but other than that, who knows? I mean, I did, I did put it in our, our group the other day about the, the lad from Aberdeen McCory, if I'm saying that right. Um, but I'm thinking we're signing a, a sort of strong defensive midfielder. He's played right wing back for the last two games for Aberdeen. And that that might, again, be a case of... Punishment. Need, yeah, punishment <laughs> or them needing to play players in positions because they're short. But... You know, I'd, I'd love to see us sign a specialist player in a specialist position, and not another utility player. It just, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not feeling that. I've got to be honest. Yeah, be interesting to see what happens. Um, obviously, the other thing to to mention is I did a Robins reunited last week. Brilliant, with... brilliant mate, absolutely brilliant. It was honestly, yeah. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. The the best part for me 
was, you know, I did it kind of by fluke on a Robins Reunited going back. I can't remember which one where I hit record as the second player joined. Yeah. And that's their moment. Sean, Sean Taylor and Jim Brennan, I think. That's right. Yeah, yeah. you're right. And and I thought, right, I'm going to capture this. And I Andy joined first. And I said, right, when, when Mickey joins, just have a bit of a catch up and I'll record it. Um, and you know, if there's anything really personal in there, I'll, I'll, I'll edit it and stuff like that. But it, it, it's basically the moment that they are reunited and they hadn't met or chatted since Andy May left in 1992. Wow. So that's 31 years where they yeah. haven't spoke. So that was the first 10 minutes. And I was just sort of sat back listening, like I'm, like I'm listening to the podcast yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah I, I think it, it was one of, one of the best Robins reunited I've actually done that. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a theme that runs through them, Patch, and maybe there's a little bit of bias because they're City players, but they just seem such genuinely nice, honest guys, genuine guys. Mm. Um, and listening to Mickey Mellon talking about his new role um, that he's got in that kind of education-type situation, again, really, really interesting to hear him talk about that and the skills that someone recognises being transferable. But... Mm. Um, yeah, and the and the, the, the ten hour train journey down for his first time, and <laughs> <laughs> saying to Joe Jordan and Jimmy Lums that he was never going back to Scotland because of that ten hour train journey. So yeah, yeah, no, it was re- really, really good. They were really good value. Yeah, fantastic. Andy May, and Mickey Mellon for you, Andy. You obviously watched them in the past. Uh, two great players in their own right, and obviously Mickey went on to be arguably one of the most successful managers in uh, in the English football league history. <laughs> yeah, well, if you listen to him, yeah, yeah. But like like Matt was saying, it's really interesting. You don't get to everybody knows about Mickey Mellon, the football player and the the manager. But without that podcast, no one would have any idea about all the stuff he does outside the really inspirational stuff he's done with educational. Especially yeah. he said he was working with uh, kids with special educational needs, wouldn't he? That sort of thing. Yeah. And but yeah, I, I remember Andy May being he, he stood out as a as a midfielder. Like when I was younger, watching City, because he was quite small when Andy May. Yeah. Back in those days, you didn't get many small sort of diminutive midfield players that were good on the ball. And um, I don't really remember too. Mickey Mellon didn't. I don't know. He just didn't really stick in my head much. As a well, player. I mean, the name, the, the, because the, it's the a thing strange is, name. But yeah. well, he he started obviously came to City age seventeen and got yeah. thrown straight into to the to the team um yep. and then had a series of loans series of injuries and i think it was one season he made 20 appearances but that was like bristol city kick-started his career really yeah 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 but i can remember him being a bit like a bit of a hard little yeah aggra- good good player yeah. mickey mellon as well though. good on the ball um yeah yeah blackpool's player of the year i think um was towards the end of his career yeah, he was, as well he, he was good on the ball and, and like you said has, has done very well in lower lower league management, I forgot without again listening to the podcast that he started off at Fleetwood. Mm. Um, With and, Jamie Vardy, yeah, and interesting that he sort of talked about almost kind of falling into it. Um, and it, it's funny how so many ex players and who become managers talk about the fact that you know it's nothing like playing. Playing is what it was all about. You know that's the thing that you don't want to give up. And almost they kind of fall into that coaching managerial role because they don't want to, to, to stop the, the, the football side of things. So, no, I thought, like I said, I thought it was really, really, really interesting, uh, interesting chat. Excellent. Right, let's crack on then. So, top five goalkeepers. Now, the, the way we've done this, um, I've had input from 16 different fans. Um, most of them, looking down the list here, are... 35 plus. I don't know how old, how old Tom is. He's probably a lot younger than that. Um, he looks but, it. But in the main, in the main, 35, up to about 50. <laughs> um, no, actually, Mark Powell. Mark Powell's uh, contributed you, Mark. as well. So, yeah, a good, let's just say, a good span. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah. because of the age of, of the people that were asked, um, I think we, we decided on, we'll go with the last 40 years. Um, because it would be quite frankly dominated by the team of the seventies, and I haven't seen them play, um, as as well as a number of other people. But yeah, special mention will come to 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 some yeah. some of those players as we go through. Yeah. So everyone put their top five, and this was quite frankly very very hard to do. And I'm sure, like like me, you guys changed your mind several times, and then thought, ah, no, I've got that wrong. But yeah. it's just a bit of fun. Um, so if you, for example, Matt put 
David James as your number one Bristol City goalkeeper, he would get five points. And then the next person get four points, then three points, then two, then one. So added up all those points across the uh, the 16 responses and it's given an answer of uh, of who the top five is. So we'll go through each of your top fives and then okay. we'll go, come to, and mine, and then we'll go to the the final score if you like. Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cribs Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. So, Matt, we're going to start with number five, and your number five is Frank Fielding. Why did Frank Fielding make it into your top five? Do you know with goalkeepers, obviously there aren't as many to choose from um, because invariably it's kind of one or two a season. A lot of the time they're there for a number of years. Um, So it it was probably the easier of picks for me. Um, But Frankie Fielding, um, that that season, that Steve Cottrell side is always going to be a special side for me. I think, I think, it's akin to the way that fans talk about that side that you've referenced, the 70s. Um, you know, a lot of local players, um, the experienced players that came in as well. <clears throat> and then we had a goalkeeper in Frankie Fielding who, let's be fair, was a little bit of an unusual character. You know, he's, he's from from up north and, um, you know, kind of said things how they were. But just again, a, a really, really nice bloke. Did a huge amount of work for charity. Didn't like to talk about it, but um, <laughs> huge, amount, huge amount of work for charity. But also was a really, really good goalkeeper that season, uh, or those couple of you know, the years that he was with us. Um, as I say, that that Steve Cottrell era. Um, the only the only negative thing I can probably say about Frankie Fielding was that one game against Wolves where he got sent off. Um, other than that, what a brilliant servant. What a great goalkeeper for a, for a lad who, who wasn't the tallest or didn't appear to be the tallest. I don't, I don't know how tall he was, um, but was was really really good. And 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 what a number of fans might not remember or realise, and I, I might be making this up now, but I'm sure from the the recesses of my mind, I'm sure he got taken to a World Cup by Sven Goran Eriksson when he yeah. was really really young. Yeah, really really young. So his name played was, in the Premier League for Blackburn. Uh, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, he was well known from a name point of view, with probably without doing a huge amount for notoriety between the sticks. You know, I think that that sort of thing. So when we signed him, you knew a little bit about him. And yeah, I just I I thought Frankie was a, a quality quality goalkeeper. Um, what I really like all round game. You know, yeah, good yeah, shot stopper. That's what Zach was going to say. You, yeah. If if you're through one on one with Frankie Field and you thought there's a good chance he might save this, yeah. And yeah. you don't often get that with a lot of goalkeepers. So no. that sort of, um, you know, that last line of defence was was exactly that. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to you, Andy. So your number five was John Shaw. So uh, tell us a little bit about John Shaw for those who don't know. Yeah, well, obviously I've modelled my hairstyle on him for the last <laughs> 20 years. But he was my first, when I first started watching City, he was a goalkeeper. Uh, so that would have been sort of 84, 85 and I know from sort of going back, he played, did he feature sort of the end of the, um, our last sort of year in the, in the top division when he had, yeah, he had a bit yeah. of hair and he had to start off with. Yeah, yeah he, did. Um, he, was, he was at City from 1976 to 1985. Yeah. 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 So I, yeah, I, I remember him when he was completely completely bold so he's just um, snuck into this by well, I don't, do you know what i don't i don't think i included him because of thinking he was that era because i remember yeah. him from the As, 70s. so just just to yeah. re-caveat all of this this is just a bit of fun um yeah. and you know the fact that he played 83 and 84 he does qualify yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. no um yeah he was great again and you yeah. always remember your first team don't you like yeah. when you first go and watch your club for the first time you know that that the, the players from that era, you know, there are a few of them will come up for later selections in this list as well. Yeah, um, and and another good point there, Andy, you raised. Everyone that I've spoken to has done this in a very different way. Some yeah. people have thought, right, well, he had the most appearances, he had the most clean sheets. Yeah. Some people have done it of, 
I just liked watching him play and he oh, was yeah. the first goalkeeper when I started watching Bristol City and stuff like that. So there's no right or wrong no. answer to any of this. And I mean, he was a good keeper as well. I remember it was one of those when like when he didn't play, it was like, well, it didn't feel right. Like Johnny Shaw's not playing. Yeah. Because he was quite a uh, dis- uh, distinctable, distinctive character in his big green goalkeeper's top and his big bold head. He was he was great. But I think he... um. He was there till I think the season after he got replaced by somebody on loan who might come up on this list, who then signed permanently, um, who went on to be another city legend. I think I probably put in my top five as well. But uh, okay. yeah, I love Johnny Shaw. Right. Okay. Right. Moving where, on. Where was he? Where was he signed from? And was it Leeds? It was Leeds, and, oh, and, right. and who signed at the same time? Oh, Norman Hunter. No. Oh, okay. Um. So he signed in 76? Yeah. Mm. No, a bit earlier, actually. Uh, 74. Okay. 74. Um, Le- I don't know. Le- Jimmy Mann. Okay, right. Wow. Yeah. 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 But you're, you're right. I mean, he, he was um, a quality, quality goalkeeper. And, and a little bit like the old sort of England, Ray Clements, um, Peter Shilton kind of argument. It was John Shaw and Ray Cashley. And... and mm. Obviously, Ray Cashley was kind of the number one, and then John Shaw came in, and like you said, then sort of the alopecia made him all the more recognisable. But yeah, quality, quality goalkeeper. Yeah. Okay, right. My number five, Steve Phillips. Uh, So Steve Phillips played for Bristol City for uh, 309 appearances, and in the early 2000s was pretty much an ever-present for the club. And... The the reason he's in my top five is that I've spoken to a lot of players that played with him at the yeah. time, and yeah. they make he makes their top eleven of players played with yeah. uh, throughout their careers. Um, again, really really assured goalkeeper, uh, reliable, um, and and also just he was part of of some really good teams, so he must have been must have been someone that they looked to to sort of keep the defence honest and uh, and, and etc. And I know yeah. that he then went on to play for Bristol Rovers. Um, but having had him on Robins Reunited uh, alongside Matty Hill, the stories that, that, they, that they spoke about and, yeah, Matty saying, you know, that he was his favourite goalkeeper that he ever played with and things like that. So Steve Phillips has to has to feature for me in a Bristol City top five. Um, right, let's go on to Matt's number four then. So Matt's number four is Daniel Bentley. Yeah, and and it might surprise a few, but I just look at Dan Bentley and think that that in particular that season, not last season, season before, I suppose the season before that, he, he just saved us so many points with absolute worldy saves. You know, just just brilliant. Um, the game was it Middlesbrough away. Um, he was unbelievable. Forest as well. Forest, Forest is the one I'm thinking of. Your right patch, um, Forest. He was unbelievable that day. Um, and again, just a, a really, really genuinely nice bloke. But when we're talking about goalkeepers, yes, he he, he had. Um, maybe we'd all like to see him come for the ball a little bit more and, and sort of catching it. But I remember when he was at Brentford, that was kind of one of the things that that seemed to catch him out and. Ironically, he had an absolutely amazing game against Man United for Wolves recently in his Premier League debut. Yeah. And then probably was was at fault for the equalising goal for the Everton scored where he came for a cross and was never getting it. But just thought he was a, a brilliant, brilliant goalkeeper, made some just unbelievable saves. And like I said, or you said about Frankie Fielding, you did feel with Dan Bentley when someone was coming through, he would stick one of those long legs out and, w- and would make the save. So, yeah, for me, uh, it was, was definitely my top five, yeah. I've got uh, I've got a Wolves power. I know if you're doing the podcast, and right. when 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 he signed, I said, I mean, you know, I said it's probably time he left us. It, it was you know, it was it was due really. But I said if he gets a chance, he'll probably have a worldie, and he'll end up keeping his place. But I said to him, but eventually he'll drop a, a bollock at some point. Pardon my <laughs> French. And he basically he, he encapsulated that in his two games he's had at Wolves, and he's had the worldie, and then he's yeah. made the mistake which cost him the game. He was like. Yeah, you were right. I was like, yeah, I didn't expect it to be so acute in literally two games. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the fact, uh, obviously, as well, that he was captain 
Um, yep. And we had a bit of an issue with goalkeeper being captain. Did, yeah. But he clearly was. Having heard him speak at the, the hen and chicken um, yes. pre-season yes, fans panel, whatever you want to call it, uh, yep. really eloquent, really sensible. The fact that he says, you know, we avoid social media and uh, and all of that sort of stuff and modern modern thinking, really, really intelligent player. Um, and yeah, as you say, Matt, he gave us some excellent moments, didn't he? In terms of uh, game-saving moments, he really did. And and the other thing I'd say to him, he say about him is, he didn't ever come out and um, question him not playing. Was seemingly very, very supportive of Max O'Leary. Um, you know, I think a, a number of fans would still argue that that Dan Bentley should still be our number one. Um, but I just, I just thought he conducted himself really well when he was outside of the team as well. So, yeah. Okay. Number four for Andy Hall is Frank Fielding. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I can just echo what Matt said. I always remember there seemed to be a period where Johnson kept bringing in other goalkeepers. Yeah. On loan or signing people or random Canadian blokes. No, yeah. no, blo- random blokes from New Zealand and that who have been playing there, and he'd always end up back in the team, yeah. Frankie, because yeah, and um. I actually met him in through a work-based uh, situation, and absolute. You couldn't meet a nicer bloke. Him and yeah. his wife were amazing. So, definitely, yeah, yeah. top bloke. Right, my number four is Andy Leaning. Uh, Andy was my first goalkeeper. Uh, his first game in 1988. I was seven, so uh, it's one of those ones where. Um, when you look back and you watch the games, they do trigger old memories. Yeah, yeah. Um, and having. Uh, I've got Andy Leaning coming on the podcast with Martin Scott and actually featured on the the Jackie Jackanowski one. Yes, didn't he? Of course yeah. he did. Um, so I went back and did a bit of research, uh, watched some old games, trying to find some clips of Andy Leaning. And my God, he made some absolutely amazing saves. None more so than that penalty save against Bristol Rovers that uh, Louis Donoghue then went up the other end and, yeah. and, and won the game for us. So he's he's gone down in folklore uh, for that as well. Looking at the statistics, I'll give the statistics at some point during this as well, but um, uh, he kept a clean sheet every 2.97 games, which is one of the best returns of every goalkeeper that ever played for Bristol City. So obviously he had a great defence in front of him, but, you know, that's he's part of that defensive unit. So... Yeah, and Andy Leanin, and and also having spoken to him, what a love, what a lovely bloke. <laughs> but it's, like we say, it's a theme that seems to run right through the Bristol City players, doesn't it? The ones we we've, we've spoken to and you've spoken to in particular. But, but yeah, really good goalkeeper, and and a very big, thick set, upper bodied goalkeeper as well. I always thought with Andy Leanin, um, probably was in the right era in terms of he, he was a goalkeeper first and foremost, rather than you know a ball playing keeper like they expect today yeah and he, um, he mentioned that didn't he about the pass yeah, back rule yeah. and all of that sort of stuff coming in exactly yeah um but like you say that 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 save alone against bristol rovers the penalty from mr holloway <laughs> and for us to then go on and win that game after never you know having not seen us win games in god knows how many years um wrote him into folklore so yeah really 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 good goalkeeper mentioning Ian Holloway there Matt as well um yep. before we finish this we just have to come back to the last Jeff show so yes make, make a note of that and we'll come back to that okay yeah right okay so back up to you Matt and number three Keith Woff yeah um probably the goalkeeper when I was really really into my football so when I was young I would go to lots of games but I, it wasn't like I'd go to every game and things like that but but Keith Woff, Woff Wall um, came along, and that that sort of Nottingham Forest semi final game put in a performance that that there weren't many better than that in all the time I've watched Bristol City play and goalkeepers. Um, you know, I talk about the the Max O'Leary performance away at Aston Villa was was unbelievable. I think Steve Phillips had a similar one away at Wickham on a wet um, when it was really really wet. But but Keith Wolf in that game was unbelievable. Um, just quality quality saves, and again was a, a consistent performer. I don't know. I mean, you'll you'll have the stats. I don't know how many games he played for us, but he's always hundred and twenty four. Was it? Yeah, yeah. And in one season, in the nineteen eighty six eighty seven season, he played sixty three times. Did he? Yeah, which is yeah. incredible. That's incredible. I didn't think of the, the games that he would have played, but 
if I'm right in thinking, I think he went on to be a policeman, didn't he? Yeah. I'll refer yeah, to my, did, yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah, Bristol City. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he did. But yeah, I mean, it, it felt like he was with us for ages. And yeah, it was just a, a goalkeeper that went, when you talk about top fives for me, it was like, yeah, he's got to be in there. Got I think he's a big, uh, big Sunderland fan as well. I met him he at is. the, um, yeah, I think it was the 20, 25th anniversary of the Freight Rover. Right. Okay. Was, right. Um, they had to do then, and a lot of the yes. lot of the guys were there, and he was there. He was yeah. absolutely battered as well. Was it? <laughs> but uh, no. he's born in Sunderland, obviously. Yeah, but even that, the, the Freight Rover team again, a special, special team. Um, yeah, that that, that moment, you know, that, that moment. That, yeah. How many times have we all watched that eighty six um, oh, Bolton? Big, once a week yeah yeah and i'm sure some of those players will feature in other positions as well when we get on to talk about um in future weeks but yeah just just a quality goalkeeper for me patch well actually number three for andy hall keith woff yeah 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 so yeah i mean yeah just echo from the matt said and one of those things about like you say about all these guys being like really top blokes meeting that um that team that Freight River Trophy winning team was like a dream country. I, I mean, I, yeah. this was 2011, so I was in my mid-30s. But it was like a, a proper dream come true to meet all those guys. And most of them are all normal blokes now. And they're like, oh, like, I'm like, let me buy you a drink. Let me buy you a drink. And it's like, oh, you know, it's fine. Like, you know, I've got to get off of work in the morning. It's like, but you're a legend. Like, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Keith Woff, uh, 3.11 was his ratio. 224 appearances, 72 clean sheets. So, yeah, still still very good. Still still yeah. massively up there. Uh, right, my number three is Dan Bentley. Um, okay. And for all the reasons that we've, we've spoken about already, uh, obviously quite fresh in the mind as well, so that may influence the decision. And there's, there's you know, we've got how many goalkeepers on here? At least at least 60 I've got on here of top the top clean sheets. And... Dan Bentley's fresh in the mind. He was yeah. an exciting to watch. And we watched quite a bit of him, uh, obviously, was during COVID as yeah, well. Yeah, so yeah. we yeah. were able to sort of enjoy action replays and all of that sort of stuff. But yeah, just one of just one of one of the one of the top goalkeepers. And we, we wish him every success and go oh, on. And let's let's hope that he secures that starting position for Wolves. Yeah. And, and and I think it was it was much the same with with Antoine when when we saw him play for Bournemouth in the Premier League. Seeing Dan Bentley play in the Premier League against Man United and putting a performance like that was was magic. You know, I'm mm. sure it's I'm sure it's how Bristol Ravers fans felt about Tom Lockyer, you know, when when Although obviously the way it turned out, but you know you you want to see your 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 players that you really really like to go on and do good things, don't you? And and that isn't always the case. You know we've had a lot of players who've left us and gone to other clubs where you wouldn't want anything more than failure, unfortunately. But he's one that you just know was a genuinely nice guy, and you want to see him do well. And was talked about by Lee Johnson as being a a potential England goalkeeper, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think that's the issue with when well, you go back to Steve Phillips. I didn't have Steve Phillips on my list. No, I didn't. But yeah. if uh, if we had got promoted when Wilson was there and he was he was in goal, he would probably would have been on all our lists because yeah. he wouldn't have left to go to the Rovers and they wouldn't. Uh, but I think because of how his career ended up, it probably and, took the shine off him for a bit. It, for... It, it, yeah, definitely. And and I think um, with 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 Steve, he, there's no doubt he was a brilliant goalkeeper. But for me, absolutely the way not the fact that he went to the Rovers. I don't, I don't care. Players go to Rovers, Cardiff, wherever. But it was the way that he conducted himself from that point of view and, and the winning goal. But I also understand from his side, he was getting a load of stick. And so, you know, I'm not, I don't mean it like that, but that's probably in the back of my mind why he didn't feature. And, you know, with everything Pat said, absolutely, he was a quality, quality goalkeeper. As I said, I talked about that Wickham game. He was unbelievable that day. So, yeah, it's, you know. Right, number two is an interesting one. We've Ooh. all got the same person. Have we? Right, yeah. okay. And that is Keith Welsh. So, uh, Matt, do you want to kick us off on why Keith Welsh is the second best Bristol City goalkeeper in the last 40 years for you? Yeah, I'll, I'll just do a, a sort of line so that you both get to say as well different things. But <laughs> for me, the, the back pass rule was made for Keith Welsh. Um, when that came in, it was so, so comfortable on the ball. Although I do remember away at Crystal Palace one night, he tried to lob John Solaco and got I caught. was there. We were 4-1, I think, or 4-0. Yeah. Ridiculous, yeah. yeah. He tried to lob John Solaco, who, um, who, who scored or, or squared it or what have you. But 
just just loved him. I, re I remembered having um, an argument with a guy at the end of the, the road I used to sit at who didn't like him at all. Um, and I ended up having a, an absolute, almost getting to the point of fisticuffs where he was slagging him off. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like the, <laughs> the best goalkeeper we've ever had down here. He's unbelievable. And um, yeah, so so for me, the back pass rule was made for him and I, and I just loved him. He was probably... Yeah, the, the first kind of hero-y type goalkeeper where I was like, yeah, this bloke can do no wrong. Well, yeah, he let five in, but he couldn't do any wrong there. He was brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah. Right, Andy, you're up next. Yeah, he was almost like, like, like Matt said, he was comfortable with the back pass, though, but he was the sort of guy who try and... That's when he first arrived at the club. I think that yeah. he was more famous for that. Yeah. Mucking around with the ball and when with the back pass and trying to take people on and being a bit daft, that sort of thing. But he actually evolved into being just a really, really good goalkeeper. And similar to Bentley, I don't think he probably didn't make as many errors as Bentley made, but on his day, he would be he would be unplayable. Um, so like the Liverpool games and the Sunderland game on TV when we nicked that goal in the last minute to equalize, but they yeah. absolutely battered us all match. Yeah. And he uh, he kept him out, but um, yeah, and a proper like personality goalkeeper as well. When he looked with the moustache and the hair, and <laughs> God, without, uh, without the moustache, when he walked into the yeah. to the former players' lounge, he walked straight past me. I didn't have a clue who it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, his nickname was his nickname Elvis. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, three three hundred and eighteen appearances, ninety two clean sheets, pretty much an ever present through the majority of the nineteen nineties. Um, which you know was was my sort of obsessive years in terms of doing the scrapbooks and all of that, and you all the statistics about all the players, and just Mister Reliable Andy, yeah. wasn't he? In terms of yeah. uh, kicking, shot stopping, organizing the defense, you know, all of the YouTube highlights that I've watched through the nineties, yeah. and some of the saves he makes, some of them he's got absolutely no right no. to make. And similar um, to you, I've got a soft spot for that 90s team. And there was yeah. a lot of players on there I kind of liked because they were a bit a bit naff and but they tried hard and you know we had a we had a, a I hope you're not talking about spirit. Glenn Penny father. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Dave Martin, if you like that. They, you <laughs> liked him for sort of more like cult hero reasons rather than they're actually much good. But with Welsh, he had that he was a bit of a cult hero, but actually he was he was bloody good as well. So yeah. And a lovely, a lovely guy. So uh who who signed him? Who signed him? Wow. So he signed in nineteen ninety nineteen August nineteen ninety one. So if I go back to Lumsden ninety one, Jimmy Lumsden, yeah. yeah, great show, yeah. But I don't think he didn't cut. Was Ronnie was Ronnie Sinclair still there then? I don't think he. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, because Lee, that would have been obviously Andy Lee would have left at that point. I think. And, and, and I think it was a it, it was a fairly sizable amount of money mm. he was signing for, wasn't it? Two seven five or I something think, like yeah. that. Yeah. Ronnie Sinclair was not there, uh, okay. according to yeah. my sources. Um, but yeah, Keith Welch, number two, a, a solid number two in terms of our the three of us anyway. We'll come on yeah. to what everyone else thought in a minute. But uh, number one, Matt, we got all the same. Yeah, we Basso. must all have the same. We uh, must all have the same. We have all got the same. I can yeah. I can spoiler that straight away. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Adriano Basso, um, obviously a Brazilian goalkeeper. Which you you know, which yeah. is a, a great thing to start with. First appearance on the eleventh of November two thousand and five, Swindon Town away, a defeat actually. Um, played all the way up to two thousand and nine, so a, a good four or five years there. And just to get this out of the way, the the way that he left the club, um, yeah. and the fact that he actually left the club, and you know, we we'll never know the the, the true full story, but. Um, that was an absolute, absolute devastating moment for for everyone. You know, yeah. The fact that he's our our number one, all three of us, um, and then from there it kind of just went a little bit wrong, didn't it? But let's go back to how great Adriano Basso was, Matt. For you, what what was the what's the reason he's your number one? Oh, just and, and I'm I'm literally visualizing him now. He he would make saves where. He'd catch the ball from the, the sort of top corner of stanchion and then, you know, hold it and then fall to the floor and was decent on the ground, but just made unbelievable saves. 
entertain and unbelievable and, and, entertainment. And I thought exactly. you were going to say. Well, there's that as well. But but the fact that he had that personality, like Andy's point about about Steve Phillips, he was in a, a, a side that got promoted. So you know, there's a, a degree of you know you remember those sort of players probably more so. But the whole you know believe um, you know the, the finger pointed in the air. Um, always believe. I think, yeah, always believe. Yeah. Um, the finger pointing in the air, it, it, just just a really, really larger than life character, but for all the good reasons, seems like he. he um, and I might be, you know, <laughs> might be completely speaking out to him without looking at any detail, but seems like he led a very, very good life and very religious, and just nobody seems to have a bad word about him. Um, but you know, fundamentally, it isn't personality competition; is it is about the best goalkeepers, and for me in that era he was just the one I probably started with him first of all and then worked backwards to think right, who else you know he was clearly my number yeah. one Andy I think it's a great point that Matt raises there as as fans we go to the games to be entertained you know we've got flying Scotsmans uh all the wingers we've ever had the players that get you off your feet and not many goalkeepers get you off your feet and Adriano Basso absolutely did that and pulling pulling the ball out of the top corner where some keepers would have just, you know, punched it or tipped it over the bar and things like that. It just sticks along with the memory, doesn't it? Yeah, I think those two years, the promotion year and the year we got to the playoff final, he was, he was incredible. Now, I remember that game against Swindon. I watched it in the pub uh, where he made his debut. I think it, we were on the... That was after Johnson came in, one of the first couple of games, and we were on a really stinking run then, didn't we? And there yeah. was probably... Four or five, three or four people made their debut in that game, and I'd never, I'd never even heard of Basso. It was like, who's why Steve Phillips not in goal? Who's this guy? Um, and yeah, from there on, but yeah, those two years, and again, the whole belief thing, it was a bit of a, a bit looking back, it's a kind of bit, a bit, a bit corny now, but I genuinely believed. And when, when that penalty in the playoff final, I'm not, I'm not a religious person at all, but that penalty in the second leg, which they missed. I was literally like, I had my eyes shut, looking up to that, like with my fingers pointing to the heaven, thinking like, come on, if there is anybody up there. <laughs> <laughs> and when he missed, I was like, oh, actually, God, there might, there might be somebody listening up there. Brilliant. But um, no, he was incredible. I think yeah, but, but after the, the playoff defeat, like a lot of that squad, it kind of, you know, it was never quite the same again. Yeah. But, um, but that one year he was, yeah, the 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 playoff year he was amazing. So, so that Swindon Town game, this yeah. is just a little a little interjection of a quiz, right? Yeah. Um, so some amazing, amazing uh, stats. That's not the right word. Amazing things in here. So, right. You said Adrian, Adriano Basso made his debut. Yeah. You, can you remember who else made their debut in that There was game? a guy on loan from, was it Mark? Oh, wow. Guy, Mark Richards. Mark Joseph. What? Mark Joseph. How did you know that? Because it was such a random I can't bunch even, of players. I, I can't even tell you where Mark Joseph played. Made three and, appearances. Okay. And um oh. at, at the back at the back by the looks of it. Sankofa as well. Did he play? So he got sent off. He got sent off. Okay. Wow. okay. O- Osai Sankofa. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was from Charlton on yeah, yeah. He was. He was eight, appearance, eight yeah. appearances. Um and and what real... memory recollection you've got. Yeah, Unbelievable. What a stu- what stupid things to remember. <laughs> yeah. it, it was a real random. I think Stuart came on. Yep, Marcus Stewart came on. Yeah, uh, for Bradley Orr for some reason. Yeah. Obviously, just trying to throw people forward. But Alex Russell made his debut in that game. Did yeah. he? Why? Yeah. So who, uh, the team that day: Basso, Sankofa, Kelly Yuga, yeah, Mark Joseph, yeah. David yeah. Partridge, wow. Bradley Orr, David Cottrell, Scotty Murray, Stephen Brooker, Scott Brown, and Alex Russell uh, on the bench: Grant Smith, Matt Haywood, and Marcus Stewart. But Grant uh, Smith, wasn't he from Swindon? Grant Smith. Yeah, might have been. Yeah. I think he was, yeah. Dave Partridge. Wow. Yeah. Did, did he make anyone's uh, top five? Uh, well, but, spo- I don't want to give her any spoilers. Spoiler alert, but no. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Horfield Prison. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. go back to uh, Adriano Basso then. Um, yeah, so we, we've all put him down as, as number one. And... Uh, yeah, it's as as I say, as he's still in the game, still I think uh, on the coaching staff at Sheffield United. Sheffield um, Wednesday. Sorry, Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, good, good change. Um, and hopefully one day he will come back and just imagine bringing him back out on the pitch at Ashton Gate, Matt. That will be uh, that'll be something to behold. 
Yeah, I mean, again, as a, a former player, but it, it, I suppose as well, the fact, oh, so... Having a song helps. Having a song helps, yeah. I know that's such a stupid thing to say, but it does. Uh, I'm just looking at this list here. so popular, wasn't it? I can't think of any other... Oh, Frankie Fielding. Frankie Fielding in the building, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the Keith Um, Welch chant, can you? Dan Bentley. Dan (laughs) Bentley, (laughs) didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Dan Bentley, yeah. We used to sing Johnny Shaw, Johnny Shaw, Johnny Shaw. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, it wasn't very original, was it? Did you make that one up? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Right. Okay. So let's have a look at the final scores then. But before we do that, um, yeah. we we need to just give a nod, absolute nod to some of the players pre-83 as well. So yeah. I've made a little list here and you guys can, can contribute. So Mike Gibson, yeah. uh, absolute legend, FPA ambassador. Um, and he is actually number two in the all-time clean sheets list. Uh, Ray Cashley, um, again, very high up on the list of, of all-time clean sheets. John Shaw actually is 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 on there, so we've we've got him already. Con Sullivan is is a name that 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 I didn't know until I got involved in the former players' association. Came along and celebrated a big birthday at Ashton Gate season before last, and then that interview that Jeff Twentyman did with it. You can't really talk about it or listen to it without having a lump in your throat. And definitely, um, yeah, just and having. Uh, seen a few pictures and things like that. That's pretty much all we can go on. Um, but uh, got mentioned Con Sullivan there. Any others from from you, Matt? Tony Cooks, a name that um, yeah, I remember from back in the way back in the day in terms of sort of seeing history. But um, yeah, Ray Cashley would have been the one for me. Yeah. Okay. Andy. Yeah, my old man used to talk about Jan Moller quite a lot. Yeah. When um, yeah. where did we sign in from? That was Malmo. Mama, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I try Bob, and Bob yeah. explain to people sometimes that we uh, got the manager from the the team that won the Champions, who lost the Champions lost League Champions finals. Forest, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, and I'll give you, yeah. I'll give you, um, I'll give you the rundown from the uh, the the survey that yeah. I did. So, how many people have we got in here? We've got fourteen goalkeepers were selected. Okay. In 14th place, John Shaw. Then David James in 13th. Uh, I don't is, know how David James got in anyone's top which, five. Which is interesting. Then Ronnie Sinclair. Then yep. Jan Moller. Sieb Dykstra. Yes. Hey, I loved yeah. him, yeah. yeah. He played about Dijkstra. 10 games, didn't he? He didn't play very, very many games at all. Um, but... I remember him because I had a sticker of him from when he played uh, for QPR. Did we sign him from <laughs> QPR or from Dundee? And then he went to QPR or went to Dundee. I can't remember. Absolutely. I think we had him for QPR, didn't we? Did we yeah. He was only on loan, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. But... yeah. Billy Mercer. Oh, yeah. 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 Didn't he, that, he got injured by dropping a bottle of aftershave on his foot or something stupid like that, I think. <laughs> I don't know. He but... was made of glass when he was brilliant yeah. on his day again. Yeah. Right. Um, then Andy Leanin. Yeah. Then Steve Phillips. Then Tom Heaton, we haven't mentioned. Yeah. So Tom Heaton only with Bristol City for one season. However, yeah. he was player of the year. Player of the year. Uh, yeah. seven clean sheets and forty-three appearances. But yeah, not the greatest of of. It was a relegation season, wasn't it? In terms of relegation. Yeah. Uh, so we went down from the Championship to League One. Yeah. And obviously, he has gone on, Matt, to be you know. Well, he's a, he's, he may be being released, but he's currently at Ma- on Man United's books. Yeah. But, yeah, made God knows how many appearances for Burnley. Um, was superb. The, the strange thing, I'm sure I remember, Tom Heaton was in the kind of season ticket renewal video or something. Oh, yeah, in bed, He's in he? bed with someone, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how random is that? But, yeah, a very, very good goalkeeper, yeah. Love that. Right, into fifth place, Frank Fielding. Yep. Uh, he had 22 points. So remember him back to the points system for yep. this. Uh, if you come first on on our so Adriana Basso between us got 15 points. Right. Um, so Frank Field in 22, Dan Bentley 26, yep. Keith Woff 29, right? Keith Welch 43, yeah, and Basso 72. So it shows how Basso was so yeah. So yeah, Basso is uh, categorically up there. So looking at the list for. Uh, top clean sheets for Bristol City. Number one is Harry Clay. Uh, Harry Clay played for City 
between 1901 and 1913. Right. Um, then Mike Gibson, 107 clean sheets and 377 appearances. Then John Shaw, uh, 360 appearances, 104 clean sheets. Frank Vallis, 100 clean sheets, and that was 1919 to 1926. And then fifth place with 95 clean sheets was Steve Phillips, uh, 309 appearances. So, uh, so yeah, a bit of goalkeeping history for everyone there. Matt, you mentioned yeah. Tony Cook. He was seventh with 88 clean sheets. Yeah. Um, it's it's funny. I mean, there, there are other names in there. Um, Bo Anderson. Um, How about Nicky Mindpower? We haven't Nicky mentioned Mindpower, him. Yeah. He, he was a number two, but when he came in, you thought, Christ. Oh, always a did keeper. a job. Yeah, always did a really good job, didn't he? Luke Steele, you know, was the goalie in, in the yeah. Man United game. Um you know, it was a, an, another one in there. And we've had various different lanes that have come in that um, went on to have much better careers. Um, you know, didn't, didn't sort of feature for us, did they? But yeah, it's um, it's just obviously a specialist position, but mm. it's it's one we've done okay with, I think, goalkeeper-wise. Let's just wrap this up, this goalkeeping segment with Max O'Leary. We need to mention Max because yep. he has come in, taken, uh, taken the number one spot from the number four goalkeeper on our on our collective list, which is no mean feat in itself. And he has got the potential. He's had a whole, not a whole season, but, uh, you know, half a season this season to stake a claim next season going forward. And it doesn't sound like we're going to be signing another number one, um, but that remains to be seen. But Max, Max has got every chance, Matt, of making it on this list in years to come. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, he's, he's still relatively young in terms of goalkeeping and he, he he bided his time, didn't he, to get the opportunity. And I don't think he's done anything wrong from that point of view. As I've said on the, the, the podcast numerous times, he makes the saves I expect him to make. He doesn't make the world he saves for me or didn't last season, I'll say. Um, that I talked about that Aston Villa game where he was just, it was ridiculous, the saves he made. So he's absolutely got it in him. Um, and yeah, it will be interesting. I do think we need to sign a strong goalkeeper to give him competition um, because I'm not sure that, that Harvey, um, Wiles Richards, with the greatest respect, or Bajic are are good enough to, to really, um, you'd stick him in if, if Max had a bit of a dodgy spell for a couple of games. So, but yeah, I totally agree, mate. He's got, he's got every chance. Okay. Andy, for you? Yeah. All those people we mentioned on the list, they were like, you know, they were either inspirational personalities or people that would have world is. And, and Max is kind of in the, he's kind of in the middle of them, and he doesn't he's got a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's not a strong dominating personality, but you're not going to expect that because he's he's still fairly on the young side for a goalkeeper, and he kind of sits at sort of like a six, six and a half out of ten most games sort of touching a seven he doesn't have those eights or nines does he like yeah. Bentley would do but then he doesn't drop the fours or fives like Bentley does so it's what you want isn't it really it's a really what, good point you're right he's consistent yeah that is a really yeah. good point yeah and but he's not eye-catching is he yeah whereas Bentley is and and I do and Basso. I do yeah. love I do love <laughs> how it's all about opinions but um the, the David James one's completely thrown me <laughs> I just don't get me wrong I mean I, th- I think Again, if memory serves, he was the goalkeeper from the World Cup of the Euro Championships, you know, that had finished and we then sign him and and who signing it was, who knows. I'll tell you after but, who picked it, who picked it. Uh, yeah. And okay. it's not and I don't mean that as a criticism because like I said, we we all have our of the players that we pick. But for at the me, time though, he was like the England goalkeeper. He, exactly exactly that. Cup yeah, exactly. But he just he just didn't he didn't do anything for us, I didn't think. He put a few bums on seats and sold a few season tickets, I expect. Uh, did but... he come in after Bas- straight after Basso? It was after the 2010 World Cup, wasn't it? So Yeah. So probably would have been, yeah, a year. I, Basso was already out of the team, I think, wasn't he? So I don't know who we would have been playing. But I was so excited for that season. Started. I was. When we're going down yeah. to that game. We've got Steve mm. Koppel. Yeah. David James in goal, and yeah. what we're three nil down to Millwall after about an hour. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, that blue goalkeeper Football. shirt as well, the sky blue goalkeeping shirt that he wore in. Yeah, he yeah. just yeah, it just wasn't a good fit, was it? No, David James signed two. Fa- so he did take over from Basso more or less. Did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah. Basso didn't really feature much the previous season. Yeah. Um, which was the 2009-2010 season. Which... I think he was trying to get a move, wasn't he? Because he wanted to get in the Brazil, Brazil. World Cup yeah. squad. Yeah, so the, yeah. Goal, the goalkeeper that... The main goalkeeper that season would have been... Uh, so Basso had four appearances. I'm just scanning through. Oh, Dean Gherkin. Yeah, yeah. I was going to mention. You know him. Yeah, I was going to say he's one that needs to, needs to mention. He's he's just at the back now having a wee up against the tree. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he was um, good goalkeeper, Dean Gherkin, but not necessarily great with his feet. Um, got caught a few times, didn't he? Okay, and right. he's now back at the club, of course. He absolutely is. Mm. Matt, let's finish off just by. Having a little nod to uh, to Jeff Twentyman and his final show. Obviously, you were uh, a part, a very big part of, of that show, which actually ran in the end for ninety minutes. Um, mm. So yeah, the first first thirty minutes was yourself, Rob, and Dell. Yep. Uh, and but it was the the after after party in terms yeah. of the the hour afterwards of lots of clips, lots of people coming in and out the studio. Uh, must have been for you very special to be a part of of that time. Do, do you know what? Um, and, and you've met him. Jeff is such a really really nice bloke. Very professional. Very good at what he did. did didn't ever feel like I was talking to an ex Ravers player. Just just felt like he was talking to, to a, 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 an ex pro. But yeah, I was very very honoured to, to sort of be asked to go on the last one. And it was a bit of a surprise to us all. We knew that that we were only going to be on for half an hour and Jeff sort of told us that. Um, but you sensed that there was something else sort of going to happen. Um, and when we left after the half an hour, the the, the producer or the, the one of the team asked us to just sit in that little reception area, um, you know, outside of the studio. Um, and then as we sat there, um, Scotty Murray, we saw, we sort of stood there. So they, they had Rich... Oskins playing lots of clips from Jeff in the past and some great tributes from, from our side, the likes of Steve Lansdowne, Marina Dolman, um, Marcus Stewart. Um, you know, there were there were a number of really, really nice tributes. And then Scotty Murray was sort of stood outside. So we could see Scott and Jeff couldn't. And then they wheeled Scott in and, and Scotty did what Scotty does, um, was brilliant. And then uh, this, this chap with a little pork pie hat came in and was stood by the side. And then you recognised him as Ian Holloway. Um, and then he went in and, and obviously great teammates with Jeff asked him to be his assistant. And then there was a story about that. Um, started to go on about all sorts of stuff. Ian Holloway and kind of t- almost, <laughs> took, almost took, took more him, about the Ian Holloway show. But... Almost, almost took him away from Radio Bristol, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, he absolutely did look, um, did, yeah. um, for that period of time and, and, and obviously came back, but again, some great stories from Ian Holloway and, and even some of the stuff he was saying off air. Um, were, were, were brilliant um, there was one one particular thing around and I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm betraying any confidence but around a, a wedding that Jeff um, I think it was Jeff's best mate or best man or brother um, and he wasn't allowed to go it, it must have been a midweek sort of wedding and Jerry Francis refused to let, let him go and, and Jeff went um, and was then out of the team and I think it was a promotion winning team as well that not, not our sort of era um, but Ian Holloway was saying how they ended up doing something when Jeff was at the wedding on the training pitch where they dressed as like a, a bride and stuff. In <laughs> so even though Jeff went there, they were doing this sort of thing around, yeah, supporting him. But yeah, it was really nice. And then the the bit it really well, there were two bits that really got me. They they played a clip from Jurgen Klopp. Um, and obviously Golf. Jeff, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, obviously, Jeff's a, a massive Liverpool fan. If you don't don't know the history, his dad was sort of chief scout, discovered Ian Russian and players of that kind of ilk. So it's a special special club for Jeff Twentyman. Um, and Jurgen Klopp sort of did this interview that was played to Jeff, and then they then showed the video clip to him. Um, it clearly, clearly moved by that. And then they brought in his his son Mark and his daughter Hannah, and and Hannah's um, expecting Jeff's first grandson. Mm. Um, and is is part of the reason why Jeff's moving over the other side of the the, the bridge. Um, but it was just so emotional. I mean, you you know me at the best of what <laughs> I'm like. Jeff started to get choked up. There was one thing that he, he talked about. Um, Hannah had said to him that um, health is wealth, mm. um, and he started to get choked up. Well, that that just had me going then. 
well i i was listening to the to the the bombardment of clips coming in and we've got yeah. one more and we've got one more and we've got yeah. one more and i was thinking at some point he's gonna have to crack yeah which you know jeff probably doesn't do that very often but um that for me i thought right that's that's definitely got him this time yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I, I know patch you you know mark and you, you've spent time with him you know what a really really nice guy um, I'd never met him before and and, and hadn't met obviously um, Hannah, his daughter, but it was just really touching. And what was funny is they sort of came in and said, oh, you know, we've got a, a table at kind of half seven and then Jeff's <laughs> going, well, can you get him to move it to quarter to eight? And then can you get him to move it to eight o'clock? Because um, the stories were just going on and they, they brought the cake in and um, <laughs> one thing he said, as, as, as the cake's being cut up and they kind of cut it in half and they were sort of doing the segments and, Jeff then says, "Yeah, right. Okay, well, that's that's your lot, right? That half's yours, Matt." <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, appreciate that, Jeff. Thanks, mate." <laughs> so yeah, well, um, it'll be in, it'll be interesting to see what happens, Patch, because there there was a definite vibe, and rightly so, that Sang of the City will continue. Um, how that you know, in what format and and who leads it, I, I don't know, but no, it was a really really special night, and I know that, that Rob and Dell felt the same. Um, yeah. It was a privilege to be there and, and honor a man that has done so much for for sport, you know, the sport in our region, but in particular keeping Bristol City fans up to speed on stuff. You know, you think about some of the interviews he's done with the likes of Steve Lansdowne, Mark Ashton in particular. Mm. I worry that we haven't got the um I was gonna say journalistic integrity, and I don't mean that, but Jeff wasn't afraid to ask the the obvious questions. And sometimes I feel some of the other journalists don't ask the questions that maybe stand the chance of riling a manager up or, mm. um, you know, it, Jeff was talking about the, the one instance where, and it was Ravers related, but Joey Barton had said after a defeat that, you know, he thought that the players probably should buy the fans, pay for the fans tickets. And Jeff was itching for whoever it was doing the, the sort of um, the broadcast to ask Joey Barton, well, why, why, why wouldn't you know? Are you, are you going to put your hand in your pocket then? Is you're the manager, and subsequently when he had an interview with Joey Bart, and it came up, and he then did ask him that, and that's the thing with Jeff, the Mark Ashton one. There was that one time he wouldn't let Mark Ashton go without answering the question. You know why Dean Holden? What was it that you know? So he, he will be missed, but like anything, you know the, the show must go on, kind of thing, and and I hope it does because it's well, it's where we met as a starting point, mm. but it but it's also. As City fans, you want to hear what other City fans think. You want to hear what your manager, what your chief exec, what your owners say. So it's an important part, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Completely agree. Um, and whoever takes over, Sound of the City has got uh, some big shoes to fill. Um, and I just hope that that person reads out Andy Hall's tweets. That's what I'm yes. saying. Yeah. yeah, I try to get. I don't think Jeff's familiar with the current wrestling product, so he'd read out yeah. anything I put out with with vague references to wrestling. He'd read out like verbatim, like it was completely. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, 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 I wasn't a big listener to Radio Bristol, um, but it's it's part of a match, then. That you know, mm. you listen to it. You might listen to it on the way into the game. You might listen yeah. to it on the way out of the game. And it's it's one of those voices which has always been there for the last sort of twenty five plus years. So it be it be missed definitely. Yeah, great stuff. Right. We're going to leave it there. Um, we'll be back at some point over the next week or two with fullbacks. Um, and you may even get fullbacks and centre midfielders, but who knows? Let's see how this goes. We've, we've reached an hour mark, so I think that's about right for, for a podcast. Yeah. Andy, do you want to just give a quick shout out to uh, to your podcast? Tell us what's coming up. Yeah, so um, Bang Bang Podcast. It's Bristol's premium wrestling-based, well, Staple Hill's premium wrestling-based podcast. Um, we have a chat about music. We briefly mentioned wrestling for about. I've now reached a cutoff point. So after about half an hour, I say, for those of you that have you know here for the wrestling content, then uh, hang about. But for you sane human beings, <laughs> other things to do. Well, we uh, we'll see you next week. So, uh, but yeah, yeah it's a good mean, way of doing it because <laughs> you've got you've got um, you know if 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 people have tuned in just to hear some wrestling knowledge and some 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 very detailed yeah. wrestling knowledge they're in the wrong place add. probably but yeah um <laughs> then if you just skip to 30 minutes onwards then that's yeah. your segment whereas i i enjoy the first 30 and then listen to the second 30 thinking my god how the, the hell do they know that <laughs> level of information 
yeah. So I, I mean, it's 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 a bit of a laugh, and uh, but yeah, Patrick's brilliant, on the mate. show before. Matt's going to come on and talk. I about I, it, um, I I tune in just to see you get or hear you get abused for the first half an hour by whatever guest you've got. Yeah, on. yeah, that's what really happens. Yeah, yeah. But um, but no, it's uh, yeah. Norman Tom's been on the show. Actually, Norman Tom had one of our most listened to episodes. Really? Um, yeah. Because of the the subject, uh, Carling topic. No, 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 no. So the actual event we were talking about, it was quite a famous event. So people tuned uh, right. in to listen to that. Right. Unfortunately, Tom had been out all day drinking. And I'd, I'd <laughs> really? Heat stroke. I'd heat, he had heat stroke as well. So I think he fell asleep by the end of the recording. <laughs> it got lots of listens. Which, which event was that? Which, which... Uh, Money in the Bank, 2011. Uh, okay. Right, yeah. got it. So, but check Brilliant. it out if you get a chance, guys. Uh, but seriously, do get Matt on <laughs> because that will yeah. be surpassed the Tom Rule episode. <laughs> Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll definitely be li- waiting with that for that one. With Beta oh, we, I mean, I covered uh, Big Daddy on the This Is Your Life going back a couple of years ago. That would have been did perfect you? for Matt. Yeah, yeah, it would have. Yeah, easy. So, yeah. Yeah. Spot on. Right, leave it there. Thanks, Andy. Thank you, Matt. No um, problem, say, We'll be back soon. Playing us out, as always, the Shucks with Whiskey Full. Take care, everyone. Take care. I'm drifting along. It's a one-way road. Like the tumbleweed or a standing stone Far away from the city call I find myself on another bar Taking the time to think and Turning into a whiskey